It was an opportunity to set his career off with a bang. The first play of his rookie season, a potential walk-in touchdown from one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. Christian Watson, of course, dropped it. But he didn't let that define his season. And that process was not easy. Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus talked to Christian for a piece that came out in Pro Football Focus last week. He joins us to talk about the things he learned about Christian, his new relationship with Jordan Love, and a lot more. That's on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today on the show, Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus, formerly of Locked On NFL Draft, uh, joins me to talk about a profile he wrote on Christian Watson. That is coming up right now. Joining me now from Pro Football Focus, formerly of the Locked On Podcast Network, Trevor Sikama. And, and Trevor, you did um, a piece on Christian Watson um, that was really cool because he did not shy away from the drop that could have totally scuttled his rookie season. That could have defined his rookie season. And as you wrote about, he did not let that happen. He had a great support system in Green Bay. Let's let's back up and and get to like, the the reportage of this what made you want to write about christian watson yeah, i mean christian has always been somebody who has um been very fascinating to me because uh, you know you have his anytime i get a player who comes from ndsu an incredible program i'll give it be in a lower level of competition right jumping to the nfl it's just so fascinating right i mean like whether it's trey lands or christian watson or like whoever it's been over the years you know cody mock as well within this past draft class it's like, what do you do with these players? You know, they're dominating at this level of competition. They're winning multiple national championships. They're playing so well, but it's so different than the NFL level. So Watson, at a baseline, coming from NDSU, had my attention. Then I got to see him up close and personal in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and he absolutely dominated, especially at the end of the week. I remember, I remember standing in the end zones for that final day of practice in Mobile, and watching Christian Watson win every single one-on-one that he had. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, man, like I get it. This guy struggled with drops sometimes when he was at NDSU, sometimes the concentration deep down the field, like it, it, it's going to get better at the NFL level. But man, I was just, I, I loved what he was bringing to the pro level and how that was going to hopefully blossom into a fantastic player. So, you know, you go through, little bit of the injuries, right? He has a surgery, doesn't get a lot of time during training camp. Comes in, though, because of injuries around the rest of the depth charts. Like, hey, you're going to start. Or you're, you, you were at least going to contribute in this first game, this week one game. But it ended up 
him being out there, snap one, getting the start, and they dial it up for him. And you know, getting to talk with um, Christian Watson uh, about that play and about that situation, he talks about how the coaches you know, talked about him during the week and said, hey, we think this play is going to be perfect, especially to open up the game, so we're probably going to go to you. This is probably going to be the first play. And so then you know you have that play, and it should have been a touchdown, and it was a drop, and then he had more injuries, and then he kind of comes back, and he, he's still strong at the end of the season, finishes the season on a really great high note. And now with so many different other players out of the Packers depth chart, you know, that older regime now out there turning the page, he seems to be wide receiver one on this team, or at least has all of the opportunity in front of him to claim that wide receiver role for this team. So all of that really kind of from start to finish, going back to college to now made him somebody that I really just wanted to get to talk to because it, 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 there's there's like parts of that journey individually that would have made for an interesting interview subject. He had so many different ones. The NDSU jump, the senior bowl jump, the injuries, the slow start, the fantastic finish, uh, the moment of obviously him dropping the touchdown, like all of that, I just wanted to pick his brain on. And I'm glad I did because his perspective on it was fantastic. And it was one of my favorite interviews that I've done this year. I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, when, when you watch these guys, we sort of project onto them, right? What their personalities are when we don't, when we don't know them, especially as rookies, like, have you, had you heard Chris Olave say seven words before he got to the NFL? Like maybe, (laughs) maybe not. Um, And, and eventually we will, because it looks like he's going to be a star player. Christian Watson has that same sort of profile. We could be talking about Christian Watson for a long time. So what did you, what did you think of just talking to the guy? genuine is the word that kind of came to mind. He's obviously like he's, he's a young adult, you know, trying to figure out life as he is not only becoming a professional football player, but also everything else in his life. You know, like for example, he answered the zoom when we were talking on zoom and he's got this full like streaming setup to like do, do video games and, and be this like personality in front of the camera and things like that. And that really came out when I was asking him questions because the questions and the answers, especially that he gave to them, were very personable. And you mentioned he didn't shy away from what happened. You know, he he wasn't going to necessarily dive into it a ton and harp on it a ton, but he knew that I was going to ask about it. And it's not like he heard that question. He was like, ah, you know, like that's all in the past. You know, I don't want to talk about it. He understands kind of what that moment meant for him, those early struggles and how uh, he made the most out of it in his own words, kind of saying that and, and got to be at a better place now at the end of his rookie season from where he started. And so just throughout that interview, no matter what questions I was asking him, whether it was personal stuff, whether it was um, stuff about the game, whether it was going through the injury struggles or, you know, the early struggles of, of um, getting to produce with his team and, and what, what this Packers team could be moving forward, all this stuff. It just, he, he attacked it with a genuine attitude and you never felt like he was trying to put on a show that he was, you know, tiptoeing around what the truth was. He was very open about it. And I think that's going to take him a long way in his career. It's going to make him somebody who, like you said, has the chance to be the face of the offense. And uh, that's a really good start given how he answered a lot of these questions early on. Yeah. I got a chance to talk to him at Super Bowl, and First of all, you don't really, and you, you did yours over zoom. So you don't you, like, you didn't have the quite the same experience in terms of like standing next to him, but you saw him in mobile. Mm-hmm. He's huge. He like, is. You don't yes. realize it until you see him in person. He is legit. I'm six, three. And he like towered over me legit six, five and, and big. He doesn't look at quite as big in the NFL as he might probably did in mobile or he does just like when it's just me and him. But I, I had done a, done a story for the leap with his mom. 
And she said, oh, I think that that drop affected him more than he would admit. And I, I looked him in the eye and I said, I talked to your mom and she said this. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't make a face. He didn't, he didn't get sort of like rattled by the fact that like I'm bringing up his mom. Right. It's a really little moment. Like that kind of poise. Mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of like little thing that can translate. He had some drops this year. In addition to that, you know, like the Cowboys game, he dropped two in that Cowboys game and then went on to have one of the great rookie games that we saw last year. Like, it seems like that kind of thing that to to me, at least that stuff matters. Yeah, no, and it does because there are so many players that come into this league that have the talent to be major difference makers that unfortunately don't do that because of early struggles and I'm a big draft guy. Uh, I kind of started my coverage in this industry with the NFL draft. It's something that's been a huge passion of mine. I've been watching the draft since the early 2000s, since as early as I can remember. And that part just fascinates me. Shout out Locked on NFL Draft. Yes, shout out Locked on NFL Draft, indeed. Um, And that part has just always fascinated me. Going from college to the pros, you know, it being almost like a, a different player, like sure, trying to build off of what you were in college, but also realizing it's a new beginning. You you have to be a new player, a new person when you go to the pros. That's what the NFL demands of you. And it's a guarantee that you are going to struggle. But the ones that make it versus the ones that don't, it's it, it is so few that you just go. Yeah, they didn't really have the talent to make it. It really comes down to how they were able to adapt, learn, and overcome those early struggles. Can they still have that kind of confidence? Can they find themselves again? Can they be even better than they were when they first struggled coming into the league? That is the differentiating factor. And for Christian Watson to have a moment where it is play number one, You have a Hall of Famer throwing you the ball who, let's be honest here, he was probably like, I can't F this up for Aaron. You know, like, I cannot mess this up for Aaron. I have a Hall of Fame quarterback. I I was drafted to a perfect situation. One of the elite quarterbacks in the game coming off back-to-back MVPs is my quarterback. Play number one of my rookie career. I burn Patrick Peterson. I get behind him. Aaron sees me. He throws me the ball. He's got that confidence in me. And the ball just goes straight through his hands. And I asked him about what happened after that. Because if you'll remember, he didn't get a single target until the fourth quarter of that game. Oh, I remember. And I asked him. And I was like, was that the longest two quarters of your life? And it was basically like he kind of explained he had to go to the sideline. And and a lot of the veterans kind of had to help him up. And, you know, you go even past that game, like I mentioned some of the injuries that he dealt with. You mentioned the Cowboys game. Obviously, the Cowboys game made your turning point for him, but there was a lot of weeks in between week one. And I think, was it week nine, week 10? Was that Cowboys game? And so you have a lot of instances headlined by something that you could point to specifically where you go, you dropped a wide open touchdown on the first target of your NFL career because no matter what he does, From that point forward, he could be a Hall of Famer after that, but he cannot change that moment. And a lot of players sink into that failure. I don't say a lot, but some have a tendency to sink into that failure, knowing that they cannot change that moment. But Watson, it seems like talking to him, realized, and maybe he didn't realize this immediately because it's hard to do that when you have that kind of a moment on you. But eventually he realized, hey, 
Can't change what happened. All I can do is be a better receiver, better teammate, better me moving forward. And I think that's what you saw in week 10. That's what you saw after week 10. And I hope that that's the kind of player that we continue to see because Christian is is such a great talent. And I hope that uh, that is the rest of his career. I really do. We'll get back to Trevor in just a second. But before we do, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and the calories, do what I do basically every day and grab a Built Bar. The best tasting thing that you can put in your body that still tastes awesome, covered in 100% real chocolate. It is the perfect on-the-go snack, the perfect at-home snack. I am almost always at home when I eat them because I open my pantry and I go, all right, what can I eat that's going to fill me up, that's going to taste good, and that's going to fuel my body in the way that I want? Well, Built Bar has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar. Those are all things that I'm interested in. And it tastes incredible, whether it's the coconut pup, whether it's the double chocolate. I've got so many options at my disposal. Churro puff, the limited edition flavors, peanut butter puff, cookies and cream puff. I love all the puff flavors. We're talking protein infused marshmallows. Are you serious, bro? And now you don't have to wait from Built.com to have them deliver them to you. Though I use the subscription feature, so I get them once a month no matter what. Go do that. But you can go to Sam's Club. You can go to Walmart and get these and drive home with them. Eat them on the way home if you want to. I haven't done that yet, but now maybe I think I will. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. This week on the show, a lot more uh, with our Rookie Orientation Series our Rogers Signature Series coming up here, trying to get a lot of that stuff scheduled. So plenty more to come on the Locked on Packers podcast. So when you look at the numbers and you pointed out some of them in the piece, they certainly go beyond some of those numbers. I've I've, I've brought up, I did a whole segment on just like Christian Watson had a better, better rookie season than you realized. That was sort of the, the tone of it because you look at the yards per route run numbers from week 10 on, the receiver grades from week 10 on. He was awesome, like legitimately awesome. And so... Were, were there things that you saw where you went, oh, I I didn't know he could do that because there were there were some of those things for me, certainly. Yeah, no, I, I think that he has the ability to be a complete receiver. And I think that the Packers, when they drafted him, they clearly thought very early on, they go, OK, this guy's athletic. He's a smooth strider. He's going to be able to be a deep threat for us. We're going to feed him the ball that way. But he can be a lot more than that. And I'll tell you. Going back to seeing him in person in Mobile, that's what impressed me the most on that third day of practice. And the third day of practice, they're running a lot of one-on-ones, but they're running a lot of one-on-ones in the red zone. So as you know, space in the red zone is at a premium. It's very limited. You have to win quickly. You have to win crisply. And often these throwing windows are, even if you are open in the red zone, the throwing window ain't that big, even if you are considered open. So for him to consistently win off the line of scrimmage when it came to slants and double moves and just things like that, I was super impressed with what he was able to do there. And that kind of opened my eyes a little bit to say, all right, maybe there's more in the tank in here than him just being this deep threat that I saw him be when he was at NDSU. So that is something that I saw sprinkles of throughout the season, especially when you get to that week 10 game on you see him be much more confident as a receiver. And and I don't believe he is just this guy that you got to call nine routes, skinny posts and things deep down the field, 20, 25 yards. Now, now he could certainly give you a good return on investment in that. But 
I do think that he has more in the tank to be that kind of complete receiver. And he mentioned that when, when we talked, I, we talked about improvements and I can't remember if, if this exact quote made it into the piece or not, but he talked about working on, of course, the, the hands concentration, making sure he's got as few drops as possible, but the footwork, the releases, those things, he mentioned Devontae Adams, where it's like, okay, like that's the kind of stuff that I want to master as well, right? Winning my route, the second, the ball is snapped, not just with my speed, a couple seconds into whatever route I'm running. So He's got that mindset to be more of a complete receiver than just this deep threat guy. Yeah. The, the deep threat part of it, it, it's also the contested catch part of it. That that was a big question. Like that's why I think he got a Marquez Valdez Scanlon cop coming out of mm-hmm. college. Cause it was just sort of like tall, lanky, really fast, small school guy. Who's not going to go up and win is not going to be a middle of the field kind of guy. And then free play touchdown against the Titans where he goes up and he mosses the corner. He had a contested catch deep ball against the lions in week 18 some of those flashes you're just going wait a second is there even more here than we realized and i think that's the really cool thing about the the, the rookie development the last thing i want to ask you about christian watson related here is you asked him about jordan love Mm -hmm. and this this seismic change that's going on within the green bay organization um was there was there more in that conversation that didn't make it in the piece and and what do you what did you you grasp of his um, feeling about this change and, and Jordan Love being his quarterback? No, you know, I, I think that he was, he, he wanted to be respectful of the situation because I asked him about Rodgers a little bit too. You know, you obviously run it locked on Packers. You know that Rodgers has been the talk of the town for a long time. Yeah. So I kind of had to ask him about Rodgers, right? But, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to push too much on it because you could tell very early, like, sure, there was, a lot of Rogers drama around the team, but something that Christian made sure to mention is, Hey, a lot of people in the media were talking a lot about this situation, but he said, Aaron, honestly did not bring it into the locker room. It was not something that we dealt with a ton. Um, it wasn't something that was just like team drama everywhere. It's not like, like tensions were high and there were a bunch of like words unsaid. Like there was this looming thing over the locker room. He didn't say that that was the case, but you know, he was respectful of, what he was able to do with Aaron in his first year there. But when it came to Jordan love, he was excited about it. He really was. He's excited about this youth movement and not just because it means that he is going to have a major role in the offense, but also because he's excited for what love is going to see. He praised what he was able to do at practice. He mentioned the fact that, yeah, okay, Jordan hasn't played a ton of reps, but he's been sitting in the same meeting rooms and sitting right behind practice with a future hall of famer for multiple years now. And, and Christian's like, I don't have specifics, but I can guarantee you that he has taken stuff from Rogers and how he sees the game and how he prepares. And he's going to turn that uh, into his own style and what we see this this year so he was just really excited about it he's he's excited to have that new connection and and build something new um didn't didn't say that in any way shape or form to be like a slight at at rogers or like this needed to be done or anything like that but more just a hey this is the way that it is i'm happy about who's my quarterback now and how this all kind of worked out and, and i'm excited for it I think some of the players also knew this was happening before anyone else, because I, I asked Christian at the Super Bowl about this and I, cause I tried to, I did the thing that you, you have to do, but like, Hey, do you know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? And he did the, gave the diplomatic answer, but then talked about his quarterbacks. And the first quarterback he mentioned was Jordan love. And I was just mm-hmm. sort of like, I'm just going to file that one away right, and see if right, maybe that comes right. back out. And, and then sure enough, Jordan love is going to be the quarterback here. 
Did you, what was your take on Jordan Love pre-draft? I, what grade did I give him? I think he was a, I think he was a second round grade for me. I was surprised that he was picked in the first round just because I didn't think that his last year, Utah state was as strong as it needed to be, to be a back end of the first round quarterback. But when you throw in the extra fifth year option, right, which we know has just a ton of value in and of itself, like, okay, that makes sense that teams want to go up and, and get that in a quarterback. And even if it's a little bit of an overdraft, if you think a guy is like a fringe first round, second round talent, it just pick him at the back end of the first round and just get the extra contract out of it. That flexibility, especially for what you need to pay these guys makes so much sense. But honestly, I, I really don't have a big take on Jordan love. I know that that doesn't make for a good podcasting, but we just have not seen enough from him and the little snippets, especially recently that we've seen, I am certainly like, hey, let's give this guy a shot, right? It feels like we regurgitate so many quarterbacks in the NFL that we know <laughs> probably aren't going to be franchise saviors. And so I, I, I like the fact that he's getting a shot. I like that it's not like too late in his career, right? Not Rodgers, okay, sticking around too long. And then he gets into a situation where he's got to hit free agency and he doesn't really have an opportunity to win a, a quarterback battle because he's not trusted as much. So that all could have been his path. And instead, we really do get to see him orchestrate the offense in whatever way he finds best because you know that the team is going to build this passing attack around his strengths. And so I think that he's he's a totally different – he's got to be a totally different quarterback from the one that we saw the last time he was a full-time starter at um, at Utah State. So it, it, it's hard to even take what we saw from him in college and say, yeah, 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 we'll see that in the league. It's just been so many years, it's been so many reps, and even from the little bit that we've seen of him so far, I feel like he is a more elevated quarterback. So just excited to see it with more volume now. All right, we'll finish up with our conversation with Trevor in just a second. Before we do, thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Coming up tomorrow, we talk about Jordan Love and the need to stay aggressive and in fact, meet and exceed the aggressiveness shown with Aaron Rodgers. This was something I wrote about today for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to and we're gonna talk about it in more Depth on tomorrow's Locked on Packers. All right, back to Trevor. I imagine you have some of the clips of Baker Mayfield from uh, Buccaneers OTAs in your mind when you're thinking about some of the QB regurgitation things um, in, in a number of different ways when it comes to regurgitation. I don't mean that as a shot. That's just the, re- the reality yeah, it of, what is, those, yeah, right. of what those clips look like. Um, you you wrote, and this we'll, we'll, we'll close on this, you, you wrote about um, reasons teams would or would not make the playoffs. You had the Packers out um by the way um our friends at FanDuel agree um and and most of the betting public agrees that the Packers are not going to make the playoffs paint me the roadmap I'm going to flip this around paint me the roadmap for them making the playoffs Uh, first and foremost I think the offensive line's got to stay completely healthy like whoever that is David Bakhtiari like got to be obviously like wants to be there fully healthy like the offensive line I think has the right pieces there just a lot of them have been hurt a lot of them moving around a little bit finding the right starting five those guys being healthy that's of course where it starts love the way that they have been able to utilize the backfield over the last couple of years you know AJ Dillon's one of the highest graded backs that we have at PFF over the last couple of years and that's because they've streamlined what he does really well they go okay this is where AJ Dillon's going to win for us we're going to put him in these situations and guess what he does. And it's so funny that it's like, yeah, I think, I think that people get on, 
well, people get on PFF grades for a lot of stuff, but people get on PFF grades because they'll see that AJ Dillon, I think over the last two years might be the third highest graded back that we have in our system. And they'll go, oh, yeah, it's like it. Jonathan Taylor, AJ Nick Dillon. Chubb, I, I think it's like, yeah. I think it's Nick Chubb and then it might be AJ Dillon. Uh, and people would just be like, oh, look at PFF at it again, like AJ Dillon. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is, we are, we are praising the epitome of what a running back by committee should be. Right. Right. If you have a secondary back, put them in the right situations. And so I think that they've done a great job with AJ, AJ Dillon and Garen Jones has been one of the most underrated backs in the league over the last couple of years. And so they've got a stable backfield to hand the ball off and utilize because they can use Jones as a receiver as well. The way that they really take that next step and become what I think is going to be a wild card team or what I think would be a wild card team if they're going to make the playoffs is the, this young offense has to figure it out really quickly. And I know that's a duh, but Romeo Dubs has kind of shown that he can be leaned upon. Christian Watson, we know, finished the year really strong. The X factor part of this offense to be playoff caliber is the young tight ends that they drafted, Tucker Craft Mm -hmm. and Luke Musgrave. They have to pan out. Like This team has to be able to utilize multi-tight end sets, 12 personnel stuff, uh, sometimes it could be 11 personnel with maybe one of these tight ends playing in the slot, whatever it is, you've got to be able to lean on these guys and they have to give you a high return on investment. Because when I look around the rest of the roster, this is a super young offense. And that's ultimately why I don't think they make the playoffs because it's Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I mean, they look like the veterans of the group and they're second year players, right? It's, they are the veterans, yeah. it's, it's, it's Tucker craft. It's Luke Musgrave. It's Jordan love in his first year as a starter. So they just have a lot of figuring out to do, but if they can hit the ground running, I think the talent is there to make it possible. So it would just, it really depends on their rookies, especially the tight ends and how much they can get to lean on the tight end passing game. That's going to hold the key to whether or not I think that they would end up being a playoff caliber team. Trevor, that was awesome, man. I appreciate all the time. Um, where can people find the work that you're doing? Yeah, uh, pff.com is where you can find all my written work and then podcast form, uh, the NFL Stock Exchange podcast with myself and Connor Rogers. We cover the league, we cover the NFL draft. And if you like taking a long look ahead of things, we're going to get into summer scouting and talk about some of the guys that we're going to have in the 2024 class that you're going to take a look at the upcoming college football season. So that's where you can find it there. Connor's awesome. You guys do a great job. The podcast is great. Um, Thanks for thanks so much for for coming on. Appreciate it, Pete. All right. Thanks to Trevor for joining the show. Great to talk to him once again. We miss him on the Locked On Podcast Network, but he is doing awesome things over with Pro Football Focus. Please do go check out um, Stock Exchange. He and Connor are not just awesome guys. It's a great show. They're both really, really smart on football. Um, I, I, I believe I've been on that show. They did a draft show um, a year or two ago, and I think it was last year, actually, um, for the Christian Watson draft. So uh, have a, those guys, I have a lot of uh, respect and admiration for those guys. All right, back tomorrow. I teased it earlier. Uh, Jordan Love discussion coming tomorrow. And the need to be aggressive, a piece I wrote about on the leap for Wednesday. Go check that out. It's in your inboxes now if you are a paid subscriber. And if you are not, why don't you go change that? Go change that. No one, no one covers the leap the way, no one covers the Packers the way we do at the leap which would be English. 
All right. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on our YouTube page, you can do that. Go subscribe on our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.